You're listening to the Three Angry Giant Fans Podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere with your hosts Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen free on Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. That is Michael Strahan giving us the we'll stop it out uh, comment. Uh, very good. Uh, we finally won a game with a Jersey retirement. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we weren't doing well in those. We weren't doing well in the in the white color rush jerseys or the Giants helmets. And we'd never do well against the Eagles. So we broke a lot of what a uh, bad uh, whatever. Bad trends, bad trends is what I'm bad thinking. streaks, bad yeah. trends, bad all yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, I think they this now we're uh, a a whopping five and twenty one, I think against the Eagles in the last twenty six games. So that you know took us, and I think I also heard it was something going back to two thousand eight or something that we've beaten the Eagles. I don't even know what it was twice in a row. I think that's what it was. We beat them twice in a row because we beat them at the the second game last at the end of last year. Um, some it's ridiculous like 13 years since we've beaten them two games in a row so just pathetic but glad we got the win yeah, yeah. so we are the three angry giant fans this is your host scott giant mike and cardone and and i have to be remiss we didn't do this last week we didn't do the lloyd Lindsay young so let's give a shout out to hello ocean view delaware delaware ocean delaware, delaware. I, I, it's got to be near rehoboth beach I, you know, uh, it's, it's an probably ocean <laughs> which is three miles down the road from Rehoboth. I, I hate the fact that I keep pulling out locations that I have no idea where they are geographically. Yeah. Good thing. It's too bad. You don't have like Google or something where you can <laughs> figure it out before, you know, that like, that mean I, I need know. motivation to I, do that. Rather I like than Delaware though, guess. because when I drive home from Charlotte to New Jersey or, or vice versa, you know, it's like you're in Delaware for like 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah, you just feel like you're whipping counter, through the states when you right, go there. You know, yeah. Right. If you're a state counter like Delaware, boom, you know, they yeah. check that one right off. And you can even get fooled. You could be going across 80 to the Delaware water gap and think you're in Delaware when no, yeah. you're in Pennsylvania. Yeah. When you're going uh, straight up there to upstate New York, that's the West Virginia. We all love the West Virginia. You're there like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You're like knocking it. It's right after uh, Virginia where you want, you're ready to slice your wrist <laughs> driving through Virginia. <laughs> Forever. All six hours of Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. 10 minutes in a half an hour in West Virginia, 10 minutes in Maryland. You're in yeah. the little sliver of Maryland. Yeah. Boom, boom. You're just ripping through states right there. <laughs> you know, I, I thought it was great. You know, Michael Strahan, I, I really do like, and, and, and he, he, he was great in that speech because he, he said, you know, I love the New York giants. We'll be back on top. We're down now. And he makes a great point that we always forget because we're in the midst of this, you know, this terrible era where he said, you know, when we are at the top, we've reached the top. We've reached the top. We have Super Bowls. There are teams that have never even seen the top. You know, guys like guys like the Lions, you know, but there's there's teams out there, the Panthers. Yeah. You look at the the vast majority of other teams, even the teams that have, have managed to get one. Would you rather, you know, in, in the Super Bowl era, would you rather be a fan of the Colts or the Giants? You know, would you rather be a fan of 
the Dolphins or the Giants. You know, we we take a lot for granted being Giants fans. Sometimes we have we have high expectations, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Uh, it's true though. It, it's it's hard though when we're in this just never-ending doldrum. It feels like of uh, current Giant football, but it is. Um, that's what's amazing about having these, you know, uh, Jersey retirements and bringing these guys back. And Strahan is obviously a giant legend. And uh, I guess that's what it is, though. It, it's sort of bittersweet, right? Because you just remember the glory days that when the Giants were, uh, you know, competing for for titles and, and divisions and all those things. And now uh, in this misery that we're we're suffering through right now, that's we need to just turn this around as as quick as we possibly can. And and uh, you know, I think we're. We made the steps uh, last week. We talked about, certainly about Jason Garrett getting getting his ass kicked out, and then we got to f- figure out a couple more guys to go and get this thing turned around. So get back to a, a straight hand stick. Get back on top so we can stomp you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was traveling back from uh, New York on on Sunday, so I I listened to the game on the radio. So I got the Papa and Banks pro- uh, broadcast, and you know the game to me. I had to go back and watch it on tape because there are so many things. I feel like Joe Judge. I had to watch the tape. But uh, there are so many things Carl Banks talked about during that game that just excellent points. I mean, it was a mixed bag. I mean, the the defense played excellent. He was calling out the times that, that McKinney, who was really coming of age, was was diagnosing plays, making plays, making interceptions, closing on, on, on people to make the tackle. But the offense was so bad that – they just kept calling out the offensive line. And then when I went back and looked at the game, I saw that that Barkley was hitting the backfield on, on almost half of his carries. Nate Solder is is he's lucky if he gets a piece of his man half the time. And and, and that's not an exaggeration. That's not me going, I, I think Nate Solder's doing a terrible job. I'm watching him and focusing on him. And his guy is sometimes just not even getting touched. There's no impeding whatsoever as he gets into the backfield. I, I, and, and, you know, then we had Skura with a really bad illegal procedure penalty on a third and two when we could have put the game away with a touchdown, uh, and, and Banks really lost his shit over that. It, it, it's great to want to listen to them on the radio. Cause then you can go back and watch the, the tape and see, see what you, you were hearing. Um, Hertz made some terrible throws. Yeah. I had I, I also listened to Pop and Banks this week and then watched it later. And I kind of when I'm doing that, I make notes sometimes of things to look for. And you're right, Scott. Uh, Banks was killing Solder. And I I've called out Solder here a number of times uh, this year, but I just really it, Banks was so adamant. I I could almost like couldn't wait. Like oh god, I can't. <laughs> and it was bad. I, I mean, it was bad. Uh, it doesn't even. You know, it doesn't even take like Scott was getting to contact to get around him. It, it's like a, a head shimmy and you could walk around him. It, it's terrible. Uh, and I'll tell you, the other thing I noticed, which I might have heard called out on the radio once or twice, but I hadn't noticed it in watching other Giants games this year. And maybe that's he's learning this under fire. But Daniel Jones was walking the pocket. What do they call that? Climbing the pocket a lot in this game where he'd get to the he's get to his back step look over the field. And then while he's doing that, he's kind of hopping forward. And mm-hmm. I, and I think that's probably because he knows soldiers guy is right there uh, about to hit him if he doesn't do that. But I thought I see that as an improvement. I'd have to go back and look at some other, go back and look at the tape of some other stuff to see if, uh, if that's a new thing for Jones or if, if uh, it's just not something I noticed before, but uh, yeah, listen, listening to it on the radio was, was probably good because had I not known the outcome, I, it would have been tough to sit through. <laughs> <laughs> a couple things that stand out. I mean, just, sometimes, it, you know, this, I don't always like to go right to the stat sheet, but the, but one, I couldn't help. I looked at uh, Saquon Barkley's uh, rushing statistics. He had that one long rush around the end for 32 yards. Take that away for a moment. And I know you can't do that because it's, it's part of the game. So obviously that, that counts, but that means the remaining he had, uh, he had 13 carries for 40 yards for the game. Take that 32-yard rush away, and the guy had eight yards on 12 carries. Yeah, Think yeah. about that. Eight yards, 12 carries, and the guy has eight yards on on, the, on those remaining carries. That So I kept asking myself, in, in this particular game, now that you know we're, we're post-Jason Garrett now, like what looks different? What looks different, guys? You know, dramatically. And I'm not saying you're going to fix everything in a week. But for God's sakes, at least 
something that is, you know, there's a, a, a shot of energy in this offense that looks somewhat different, um, you know, where we can get Barkley on track. We can get a little bit extra time, you know, figure out some kind of blocking schemes, uh, you know, for, for Daniel Jones. And it still just seems like it's absolutely hopeless. Solder is just I, the guy doesn't even I, how this guy is even on a roster, let alone our starting, uh, you know, left tackle is, or it's just, it, it does. It's, it's just an abomination. Yeah. I, I saw two things that I noticed that were different from this week versus when Garrett was there. We used a lot more pre-snap motion. Um, and, and then the second thing I saw was that we, we have, routes that we seem to be layering instead of just having one guy, you know, three guys short and one guy deep. It seems like we have multi-tiers where we have a guy short, a guy intermediate, two guys deep and vice versa. Now, what I was watching was that the offensive line didn't give us a whole lot of time to be able to develop those late routes. But I will say this, and you know, the, the, the output wasn't much different from when Garrett was here, but I thought Jones played a really good game, especially on those late drives. He he made a couple clutch third down throws, and he was making accurate throws all day, with the exception of of the red zone targets to Galladay. You know, he, the guy does not throw a good fade. I wish we'd just take him out of the out of the yeah. playbook. To be honest with you, yeah, I, I like I said, I I thought Jones looked good. I I thought uh, I definitely think a coaching point that as I you know, got to earlier this week was, you know, don't break out of the pocket left and cut the field in half when you're running for your life. Don't break out of the pocket right and cut the field in half when you're running for your life. Walk the pocket up, you know, walk, go forward, go forward, keep your head up, keep downfield. And if you got to take off, take off from there, because there wasn't a lot of uh, outside of called outside stuff, even though the, the offensive line was equally as bad to when Garrett was there, you, you noticed uh, Jones wasn't taking off outside the pocket very much, uh, in this game. Um, and you know, the pass blocking, you know, outside of Solder, when Thomas is in there, the line as a whole is a serviceable unit. Um, it had, that's been the case all year, but still Garrett or, or, uh, Huffnagel or, you know, Pitsnoggle, Pitsnoggle <laughs> or, or, Johnson or cost, you know, it doesn't matter. You could, you can change, you can scheme change all you want. You're not going to be able to get anything done. If your offensive line can't block, that's what, you know, just kind of get off on a tangent. That's, you know, you have watched reading Twitter this week and everyone's like, Jones has got seven games to prove he belongs here. How's that fair? <laughs> How's that fair? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that's like, you know, that's like my if I were in my office at work and my boss came in and said, you have access to no company resources, but if you don't produce in the next five weeks, you're out of here. You know? you can't can, can we get a, a right tackle uh, to, to borrow for seven weeks? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Anybody who's on the practice squad. Well, we have we have Matt Peart sitting there. There you go. And, I mean, obviously he must. Suck! I don't know. I, I can't imagine why he's not getting a shot. I can't possibly imagine, but there's some reason why he's not. So who knows? I don't know. Maybe we can slide Chris Myrick in there because he, he was my favorite <laughs> oh. giant on, on on Sunday afternoon. It was great. I was asking myself, I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but he's catching touchdowns. I don't you know. <laughs> got, in the red zone a, there. He got a late clutch first down. He did. Yeah. Had, Jones was two, scrambling. He finds and he finds Myrick. <laughs> he had two catches in the game. One was a touchdown. The other was a third down conversion. Yeah. <laughs> Impact the plays. The touchdown never really got caught by his hands, <laughs> which I thought was quite a magic trick. But that, but you're right, Scott. That's funny. Like, when was the last time we caught a fade in the corner for a touchdown? Think about that, right? I mean, uh, maybe uh, you got to go back to OBJ, maybe, yeah. I think, is probably the last time. Maybe Plaxico. Yeah. You know, or Plaxico <laughs> with his 6'6 yeah. six, six frame in, the, yeah, in Super Bowl 42, maybe. Now, um, now what, yeah. one thing I did focus on was, you know, Banks, well, he was really killing Solder. He was really talking about how Lorenzo Carter was hitting hurts on the RPO yep. plays. Yep. And when I went back, I specifically watched that and you could see that bothered hurts. Hurts would get rid of the ball on a handoff and he'd get, he'd just get mauled. Like he had the ball and that's part of playing the RPO. So, you know, 
a couple times he turned to the ref and wanted a late hit. But the thing is, if you're going to use deception and fake a handoff, you're fair game. You know, he, he wasn't hitting them after like three steps. He was hitting them as soon as he's handing the ball off and driving them to the turf. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of play, I think helped the Giants shut, shut the, the, the Eagles out for the first, you know, half and then well into the, to the rest of the game. Um, and I, and I think it bothered Hertz. I mean, Hertz, you know, Philly came into this game with, with a lot of offensive output the last few games. People started talking about Hertz being a really good quarterback. And I had mentioned on the last podcast that Graham's scheme of being patient and forcing guys to, to make reads would probably work against Hertz because Hertz is an impatient quarterback. He doesn't make great throws. He looked terrible throwing the ball. Awesome. But I mean, of course, he, you know, I think he, he racked up 80 some yards rushing, but his passing totals, throwing into coverage, throwing just that 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 interception he had at the goal line at the end of the first half. Imagine switching him with Daniel Jones and what the Giant fans would be saying if Daniel Jones had made those throws in that game. They'd want the oh, guy to run out of town. No, especially the one at the end of the first half. I I figure you know I wrote down I made I put a little asterisk next to that. I said, wow, that was really like the biggest. I mean, it was a gross game, 13-7 as far as NFL scoring goes and in standards, you know. But that, you know, was if you can, I don't know if you can call it a turning point in the game, but that was a gift from Hertz at that point. But to your point, Scott, I was thinking the same thing. Like, wow, if that was Daniel Jones making that throw, the the media, the fans, the national media would be murdering that guy, murdering that guy. And yeah, Jalen Hurts. I mean, he he. For, he lost that game for the Eagles, did he not? I mean, he, you know, the, the Giant give the, give the Giant defense a lot of credit, um, you know, for coming up with great coverages, timely, you know, uh, uh, pass rushes, you know, at, at timely downs and that kind of thing. But Jalen Hurts, you know, who he just looked confused, he looked befuddled, he looked disheveled, he looked awful. There was some, there was some really bad quarterback play by some veterans this weekend. I, I'd like to talk about that as, you know, tonight, but um, you know, in our game, especially Jalen hurts, it was awesome watching that guy just flounder around out there uh, a, a against the giant defense. That was awesome. Yeah. It was, I a, think yeah, the, I'm sorry, Scott, go ahead. I was just gonna say it was another Jalen too, that helped us out. Jalen Rieger with yeah. two big drops at the end. Uh, one of which would have given them a first down at probably the one yard line with uh, seconds left to play. Did you say Jalen Ingram? Jalen Rieger. <laughs> Oh, 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 I just read that as Jalen Ingram. I'm sorry. Which, by the way, our boy Ingram tried to tried to give one away again. I don't know if you saw that, Scott. I'm sure Chris watching the game saw it, but mm -hmm. right, right through his hands. And oh, yeah. uh, Eagle guy just uh, half a foot out of bounds, or that that happens. Uh, that I think that was in the first half. But yeah, I, uh, to get to uh, Jalen Hurts, which uh, Eagle fans probably think he's very appropriately named this morning or the morning after the game. Uh, when we, we got three, it could have been eight. There were three consecutive throws on the on the on the last drive after mm -hmm. the turnover. Um, three consecutive throws after the Boston Scott fumble when the Eagles got the ball back with entirely too much time left. We can talk about that. But three consecutive throws that could have been picked off. Yeah. Um, and two of them should have. One of them would have been a great play. Uh, yeah, th this guy, that, that was... That was some terrible football play. If you go back to the 80s, you know, and the Eagles and Giants have played some awesome football games with similar scores to this, right? But this wasn't like that. This was a whole, <laughs> this was a whole other thing. A whole know? different era. Yeah. Go, going back to that drive after the fumble from Scott, I, here's what I don't get about the, the offensive philosophy, whether it's Garrett or, or now Kitchens. We know that our, our, Offensive line is not blocking people. So misdirection plays do not work because someone has to actually be fooled and, and, and be moving the opposite way instead of being in the backfield waiting for them. Why would you run a reverse to, to Slayton that can run, that can lose 13 yards on a first and 10 where all you need is positive yards, start running clock, try to try to wind the clock down. I don't, I don't get it. Scott, I, I, I get what you're saying. And, and here's, here's, why I agree with you. I agree with you because our best chance to gain yards with this offensive line in a situation like that, even if they have 12 in the box is to plant it up there between the guard and the center and just try to move, push the pile forward. 
that's pretty much our running game anyway. Now, I see where Kitchens, and I even defended Garrett in the past, thinking they know that's coming. So I, I'm going to get killed by the fans if I go three and out here and run the ball three times. But I want them to use their timeouts. You know, you're kind of caught in this. You have no idea what to do. There's no way you're throwing it. You're afraid your quarterback's going to get hit and, and fumble the ball. So you, you can't throw it. If you try something that looks stupid and it doesn't work, then now we're going to kill you. And if you jam it up into the middle three times, then the fans are still <laughs> going to kill you. I, I don't know with this offensive line how you win in that situation. I'll tell you this. I thought about this at the end of this game. Now, they ended up just turning it over on fourth down at the end. However, unlike some other games that we lost in a very similar situation earlier this year and last year, we gave them back the ball with no timeouts. That was a factor. And we kicked field goals when we were in the red zone. We, you know, field, you can't win by kicking field goals, right? That's what everyone tells us. <laughs> Um, but the combination of those two things um, won us this football game. When we give the Eagles the ball back with no timeouts. Now, they listen, they got right down there, timeouts or not. But they, 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 had to, they had to clock the ball at least once or twice on that drive. They had to hurry up a little bit. Um, you know, if they could be calm, we, we very probably are walking out of there for, losing 14-13. And, and Cardone's favorite guy, uh Riley Dixon didn't do us any favors. Jeez. No, our, our high school punter. <laughs> yeah. Disguised as a, as an NFL pro Riley Dixon. Yeah. Average who averaged, I think 39 yards a punt or Sunday, but yeah, Mike, I, you know, definitely the thing that gets me is, you know, at the end of the game, you know, the giant defense certainly earned a win, uh, you know, for the first, you know, those 58 and a half minutes. And then we get the turnover. We've, we've talked about this, you know, at some yeah. other points in this season and other games where you, 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 we beg for a couple things. One of the things is getting that devastating game ending turnover. And we got it again in this game, right? The fumble, I think Boston Scott, you know, the, the ball comes loose. Julian, uh, Julian Love was, it was Love who recovered that right in the mid yeah, air, I think. Yeah, yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence caused it. Yeah. Love got it. And uh, I think, wasn't there only 134 exactly, I think, left in the game? I looked, I remember writing down, you know, thinking like a minute, so just over a minute and a half. And the game's never over. I'm looking at the clock. I'm thinking, just once can we just get the, the the first down to end the game and the Giants just take a knee? We still have to survive, you know, another possession after that. And when I looked at the the, the tape again and, and saw Rieger, how, how that that ball, I thought it was like a bad pass. Or I thought maybe we got a hand on that ball. Rieger drops that ball to goal line. Scott, yeah. you just mentioned it before, um, you know, with time on the clock. Giants lose. We would lose that game on an extra point at that point. So, you know. Um, it, it was just the Giants game, I guess, to, 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 to win getting the, the drop there by Rieger. But I think what I'm just so fed up of, of is many things, but is not being able to just close out a game after getting the turnover when you need a first down, we know this offensive line. Um, I was thinking the same thing, guys, like, do we just run the ball three times and, and you know, maybe we get 10 yards, probably, you know, thinking in the back of my mind, like we're not going to do that because our <laughs> offensive line isn't good enough to even push a pile, you know, three, three and a third yards, three plays in a row. Can't do that. So we're going to have to, uh, you know, survive another possession by Philadelphia, but maybe there'll be, you know, hardly any time left on the clock, no timeouts. And we had to still sweat that one out and, 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 and you know, be on pins and needles just to try to get, to four and seven, as ugly as that is. But it's more, I think for me, it was more about beating that hated Eagle team than even, you know, the, the, the Giants getting their fourth win. You know what four and seven means? We're in the hunt. We're in the hunt. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw us on the, yes. <laughs> here's here's okay. a statistical anomaly. Hunt. Right uh, now, I think we hold the sixth draft pick if the if the draft was tomorrow, and we're yet we're one game out of a playoff spot. Yeah, we're, wait a we're, minute. Don't we don't we hold the sixth and seventh or fifth and something like that? I think, I think it's a sixth and seventh. Maybe it's a fifth yeah. and sixth. I don't know how much yeah. of an anomaly that is with us anymore. That, that happened to us last year too. At some point during the year, yeah. we were like had the third overall pick of the draft, and we were one game out of a playoff yeah. spot. I, not only that, at, at a first place in the yeah. NFC East. Yeah, we're like a half a game uh, at a first and one game at a last. Well, we, we did have a couple positives. I mean, Dallas Goddard, who is hot coming into that game, had one catch. 
Devontae Smith looked frustrated as hell. He he was calling for the ball a couple times, and and it was funny because going back and looking at the at the film, you could see McKinney sort of trying to bait Hertz to throw the ball to Smith on a couple of those where he was sort of laying in in, in the weeds waiting for that to happen. Um, so he really wasn't as open as he as he looked. But uh, it's always good to see other teams frustrated in the way that we have been frustrated in, in games past, you know, that's that, that to me is a good takeaway. Yeah. Was that, uh, did, did they put, I did catch this and I meant to look, uh, Bradbury down on Goddard for a lot of that game. I, I don't know. They only targeted Bradbury twice and I don't think he gave up a reception. So, um, I don't know who he was covering again, because listening, listening on the radio, I didn't go back and, and focus on that watching the, the actual game. It sounded to me on the radio, and I, and I meant to look at this, and I didn't. That pretty much they had Adoree on Smith. Well, Adoree ended up leaving after the second quarter. He was hurt, so he was only in right. the game. And then they started bringing guys in. They're, they're calling out names. Uh, there was a a guy in there at the uh, end. I never heard his name. He broke up a couple passes. <laughs> Just out there playing My for all it. Was, was it Stephen Hunter or something like that? I, I know, I'd have to go back. But. Yeah, Julian Love was a name I heard a lot on the uh, on the radio broadcast, and that showed up when I was rewatching the game too. Uh, for me to to put a bow on that game, you know, you're always kind of looking for the the sequence of the game. Certainly, the turnover right before the half, um, for many reasons, kept him off the scoreboard. You know how we love to give up points at the end of the half, so uh, that was that was definitely there. But I, I thought the Eagles' first drive of the third quarter, they're moving the ball very well. And uh, they get down to the Giants 40, and they have a fourth and two. And it, what's the score at that point? Three nothing. It's three nothing. Yeah, three nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and this just goes to 2020 and 2021 football. There's just no question they're going to go for that. And in, in a game, if you're, if you're ever going to punt it, you punt it in a game like this. And they didn't. And the Giants mm-hmm. stopped them. And with the short field, we went down and made it 10 nothing. And really never look back from there. I mean, obviously you're looking back, the score is only six points, in the final, but, um, but I thought that was a big turning point in that game is that co- the coach of the Eagles kind of not playing very situational there. I'll tell you, it was one of the rare games where I didn't feel like the opposition, the, the opposing quarterback was just going to burn us all day. You know what I mean? Once I, I had that feeling early, uh, you know, it really like, you know, when the game first started, I'm thinking like Jalen Hurts, he's, you know, putting up some points the last couple of weeks. I'm thinking, how are we going to slow this guy down? How are we going to stop this? You know, the, you know, the, the, you know, really the balance of, of the Eagle offense. And, you know, the Giants defense has had a few of these games now. You know, they, we saw it against Carolina. They played well against, uh, you know, Vegas. And and now, the, you know, this this game against Philadelphia, the Giant defense is really, what, what do we always say, guys? Rise up, right? We're looking rise for that up. rise up game. We haven't gotten the complete game. I don't know yeah. how we're going to get that offensively, but you know, I do want to tip my hat to the to the defense uh, as as they they definitely rose up uh, yeah. in this game because I was worried about Hurts coming in. Really, um, you know, I haven't watched him a whole lot to be you know up to this point in the season, you know, but just you know, seeing other than just highlights and other things, but knowing that that guy can be dangerous. But I tell you, it's a good feeling knowing that that guy does suck. So <laughs> if I'm an Eagle fan, I'm like, oh shit, Jalen Hurts. Like, all right, maybe it's one game, obviously. So it's a you know just. There's there's always those anomalies where, you know, sometimes a team, you know, just has your number for the day or whatever. But, um, you know, but another thing I saw was, uh, you know, the question uh, I saw, I think it was ESPN. Um, I didn't even listen or read it, but there was, you know, they were talking about Daniel Jones's future as a Giants quarterback, you know, putting his record up there. He's 11 to 25 in three seasons again. So coming off of that game, I didn't see anything about Jalen Hurts's future. You know, about <laughs> It, again, Daniel Jones was the that was the quarterback, you know, being questioned about what's what his future is, and and is he going to be the, the you know the, the ongoing quarterback of this New York Giants team? The same old shit. Just tired yeah. of it. Yeah, and you you see, of course, the built-in what they have there that they never have to stop, Chris. They you just said eleven to twenty-five, right? Yeah. So that's after a win. They don't talk about the win. So now nope. say say beats Miami this week. Is this guy the future? I mean, twelve and twenty-five as the starting quarterback. <laughs> you know. It, I, it, I get I, he's got he's got to get to twenty six and twenty five. That's the and only I, way they'll let up. And what I love about that too is, of course, you could you could trot that out there. Meanwhile, we all know football is the absolute ultimate team sport, right? And you're yeah. gonna you're gonna throw a quarterback's record out there, knowing the line he's been 
uh, playing behind the running game, the the different the coordinators, the you know the head, all of it. You know, you can yeah. throw any of those out there. But no, it's Daniel Jones. He's he's eleven twenty five. It's it's yeah. a fucking joke. Well, I I don't know if you guys were following the the Twitter gate yesterday, but uh, so you know the Giants signed Jake from Jake from State Farm, no, Jake, <laughs> from from Georgia. Um, they they signed him yesterday uh, off the Bills practice squad, and there was a guy who posted on Twitter like four hours before this happened that he heard from the carpenter at. <laughs> at Mara's that one of the Mara's brothers house that Daniel Jones was injured and was going to be out for the year. So this started all sorts of rumors. So, you know, obviously this guy posted before we signed Jake Fromm. We say we signed Jake Fromm. Then Tom Pelissero is putting out tweets that Daniel Jones is injured. He's questionable for this week. Um, Jones practiced today. So I have no idea where this is going. I don't know how severe his neck injury is. Uh, all I know is we, we did sign Jake Fromm and, and, and if, if the mayor's carpenter is, is really in on our injury news that, that, that could be a, a whole other disturbing topic to, to go into, uh, after this week, but, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Jones. I, I don't know if Glennon starts. Um, I, I sort of wish if, if Jones has a neck injury that Glennon gives him some of his neck, he's got enough to spare, doesn't he? <laughs> he's got like the Merton Hanks. Version. Someone, <laughs> someone get on Twitter and tell Jones to get to the Hall of Fame and get uh, that quarter. Uh, what was this? Grogan? Tell him to get Grogan's <laughs> neck pad. Neck pad. Yeah. The neck roll. <laughs> so, so it's so, interesting. That was the Maris Carpenter. I I didn't get that. I thought this guy was telling him that telling us that Jesus told him that. You know, <laughs> it's like I heard it from the Carpenter. As oh, in Carpenter, it's like the you mean like the same guy who who built the desk for Costanza so we could take a nap at work. <laughs> Conrad, Connie or con call him, you know, whatever you prefer that guy. It's hey, who's referred to as a carpenter these days, you know, it's a yeah, woodwor- exactly. woodworker carpenter. It's like skilled tradesman. So, so apparently this, this guy's in Mara's basement working on a, a desk and Mara's down there muttering to himself. Ah, Daniel Jones is out for the year. Yeah, <laughs> I got to get this on Twitter. Code name like Mara doesn't know who did it now. My code name is the Carpenter. <laughs> the Mara's son is sitting at home going, "Who who could have leaked this? <laughs> who is this crafty Carpenter?" Guy goes back the next day to finish the work on the desk, and Mara's yeah. like, "You're out of here! Get out of here!" <laughs> if the Carpenter's Mara. listening, send in some send in a question to the Three Angry Giants fan. What? Yeah. We got a question from the carpenter this week. <laughs> we should be asking him questions, apparently. You know? uh, what's the Giants' next move in free agency, and uh, how do I build a birdhouse? <laughs> <laughs> so Miami is on a winning streak, uh, but they've been playing some really poor teams. Uh, you know, we talked about Hurts prior to the, the Eagle game possibly struggling with Graham's streak with Graham's scheme, I think two is in that same boat too. Tua makes a lot of, of bad throws and, and, and some of the same mistakes as hurts. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out. Of course it is in Miami, which means we have an advantage being on the road, <laughs> not at not death, right? Right. Cardone. Absolutely. <laughs> love, love being on the road anywhere, but met death. Yeah. Miami's hard. They're hard to figure out. Um, you know, I was looking at this, um, you know, matchup, obviously a team we don't see very often at all, right? In the Miami Dolphins, uh, especially in Miami. But to your point, Scott, Tua, I mean, he had great numbers last week playing against, uh, I guess, what is not a very good Carolina Panther defense anymore. Um, you know, and and I think they, what, they've won four straight. Yeah. Impressively, right? So, you know, are we getting them at a bad time? Maybe. Are they due for a loss? You know, the, the law of averages, possibly, right? Who knows? I mean, it's one of those games where, if you, I saw that they were only giving four points. And again, I'm not the, the gambler uh, of, of the three of us, but uh, you know, it, it's, if you had to you know predict this game, how do you predict this game? The giants are just so, I, they're, they're so hard to figure out. You I know, and Miami's s- Miami's another one of those teams. There's so many teams like this, right guys. I think I was, you know, we were texting each other, I, I think. And somebody, I was like, I'm like, who's good in this league? You know, who's good. New England's good right now, but if you want to yeah. talk about just you know various different you know just random teams, I'm, I was I caught 
a little bit of some extra games on Sunday. Uh, you know, Sunday, the, the four o'clock games and then the, the Ravens Browns that night and the, the, the league right now, it just looks, <laughs> there's some bad football being played out there at the NFL. I don't know who's good. I well, just you know, don't. You were talking about that. And, and, you know, we were mentioning that earlier. What, what amazed me is so, so we were talking earlier about that Browns Ravens game, just a putrid game from both teams. And then the next morning they come out and like, the Ravens survived that game. I think the Ravens are the favorites in the AFC. What gives you the confidence to say that? You know, it's like it's like the people saying the Titans are the favorites in the AFC. The same Titans that lost to the Jets and the Texans? Are, are we really going down that route? I, I don't know who the favorites are. What I do know is that this week-to-week bullshit of going on a roller coaster is getting monotonous. Um, I mean, think about think about the Rams. How how more did people have to blow the Rams the first six weeks? And now we're finally realized, well, maybe Matthew Stafford really is the guy we saw in Detroit. Well, yeah, he was there how many years? He, this is not just like some rebirth because he joins another team, you know? Matthew Stafford. <laughs> that's that's you know, it. This idea that Matthew Stafford, you know, and they're trying to set uh, Aaron Rodgers up the same way in Green Bay. This idea that Stafford languished up there with no help around him for all these years is bullshit. <laughs> Detroit had talent. Calvin Johnson. Detroit yeah. had some freaking talent while Stafford was there. And he looks exactly like the same Matthew Stafford, which should surprise nobody. And we talked earlier this year and, and some of the offseason about <clears throat> this idea that media is floating because the media thinks, well, thought, I guess recently some recent stuff has changed their mind. But the media thought that Aaron Rodgers was Jesus come to play football and he never does anything. And so all of a sudden they're like, well, that's not he's obviously the best player at Green Bay. Just stiffen him. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. How much more do these guys need to win? And I, I think what's so frustrating, I just took a glance at the at the standings, guys, and just like the, the current seat. Like, again, I love the old, if the playoffs started, if the season ended today, you know, these teams would be in the playoffs, that bullshit, you know. Um, but when you look at it, man, is it gross. I mean, I just looked at the NFC. The fucking football team uh, is making the play. If the playoffs started today, the football team is the seventh seed and going to the playoffs. Come on. Taylor Heineke and the football team is, yeah. is in the playoffs. That's what we get with that extra, you know, seventh uh, slot it's, now. It's and then you shuffle down. over the AFC. You know who the number one seed is right now? The team we were just talking about. The Baltimore the Ravens. Oh, the no. Ravens. Baltimore Ravens at eight and three are sitting in the one slot. Baltimore. That team that just played on Sunday night is is the one seed. It's gross. But by the way, the other among other Baltimore detractions this year. Didn't they have to kick an 86 yard field goal to beat the lions? <laughs> they, they trotted out Gus. <laughs> I think that's the same team. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to break down this league anymore, fellas. I really don't No. That's why it's so frustrating. If the giants had any, semblance of, of a, you know, being above 500 or doing, you know, just having some kind of t- team that could get their asses out, you know, get their head out of their ass. Uh, we'd be involved. We'd be in the mix. We'd be in the, uh, and who, who's really, who scares you? You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. All you got to do is get hot and come to playoffs. I tell yeah. you, looking at it right now, I mean, I know we got a long, long way to go, but um, you know, don't be surprised if it's like Tampa and Kansas city again, you know, or new England is, is kind of scary right now. I certainly don't want that dick, you know, up in Green Bay going anywhere. So (laughs) (laughs) vaccinated, unvaccinated Jeopardy host, whatever the fuck he's doing. He's immunized. He's immunized. That's actually pretty funny. This point that was funny. (laughs) I started to like him. And then when he stuck his toe out, I liked him for at least a day (laughs) with that. Love when he's out there with the press conference with his toe up on the table. He's like, it's not COVID toe. <laughs> He's trolling them pretty hard, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's Scott's point early in the year is that we're being we have a watered down product and uh it's not very good. And the NFL and their you know, their announcers who will do anything and say anything they want them to say are trying to sell it to us as good football because the scores are close. That doesn't not make it good football. And, and fans know, we know what we're seeing here, guys. This is awful. It's awful. The, the officials keep games close. And then the NFL says they have a great product because the games are close. To Chris's point, 
everyone sucks. Uh, I, I mean, it's uh, oh, they're like, oh, this, uh, you know, the media just, oh, they can't wait for the playoffs in this extra team. And the reason is because they don't really care. There's no good football. Shit, throw another team in. Who cares? It doesn't matter if they're good. Now nah, we'll 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 use our officials to keep the games close, and it'll be an instant classic, baby. I had a fantastic Thanksgiving dinner. We had fried turkey, and we had a a sous vide turkey. And I nearly yacked it all up watching that Dallas Raider game. I mean, could there be more flags thrown in a game? I think there was literally, I think there was 46 penalties called. Ridiculous. That's insane. I I must have been too inebriated, I guess, to even realize there were that many by the the time the the game ended. The tryptophan, I I was dreaming flags. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had a, I had a, you know, Rich Eisen had to go on Twitter and, and pound his chest about what a great game that was. And I, I tweeted back to him. I said, was it? Because I, I just feel like I just wasted my time. Like whatever that game was going to be when those two teams took the field is not what happened because of the flags. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like we were cheated out of what we were supposed to see in an effort to keep the game close because it's on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, it went, it went to overtime, but that felt like it was not a, a overtime worthy game. It just it was, was manufactured. manufactured. Yeah, yeah, manufactured. Well, the right team won at least. Yeah, well, <laughs> at least that's, uh, that's how yeah. I closed my tweet to Rich Eisen. I said, "Look, it, I wouldn't change yeah. the outcome for a million bucks, but I, I don't feel like that was a good game." <laughs> After all the alcohol, the tryptophan, and everything else, at least uh, I was, you know, pretty damn happy that uh, Dallas was losing yet another home game on Thanksgiving. That's awesome. That was a shame. You that's guys, a shame. Uh, you guys got any pet peeves this week? I don't have anything too major to be honest. I was, uh, really? other than I, I know, uh, it, it's kind of the, uh, the holiday week. I don't know. I wasn't quite, uh, mm-hmm. in my angry mo- uh, mood, perhaps, you know, just enjoying the, the holiday and Thanksgiving with friends and family, that kind of thing. Other than just uh, my, our own giants. I started thinking about this one on Sunday. I, I tell you my pet peeve. I am so fucking sick and tired of seeing the play clock. Daniel, you know, our offense snapping the ball with one or zero on the play clock. It, it, so my pet peeve is sort of just the, the the non-tempo that we continue to put out there, snapping the ball with no time on the play clock. And then furthermore, not that I want this called in the Giants, but around the league, I don't know why it bothers me, guys, but I can't stand that little extra grace period <laughs> when you see zeros on the clock. And you're sitting there like, delay a game, delay a game. And they fucking let the play go anyway, the officials. All the stuff that they call, that one, eh, screw it. We'll just let the play go anyway. Oh, it drives me nuts when you see zeros on the clock and there's no pen, there's no flag. Yeah, Chris, holy cow. That is a great pet peeve to come off the cuff like that. that so what they if, they, if that's how much time they want, Make it a fucking 41 second clock and have a giant red light come on with a clock hit zero. Yeah, like a shot clock like of basketball. Clock. Yeah. Yeah. A giant red light. Play <laughs> <laughs> a game. You know, there's no arbitrary grace period. Oh, that's a great one. I mean, something, it's funny because we talk about subjectivity in, in calls. And we're even having subjectivity in something that's finite as as a 30-second clock. Yeah. <laughs> it's the exactly. only rule in the NFL that math plays into. <laughs> math. Math is finite. Math is correct or it's incorrect. That's why some people love math. And that's then, why some people hate math. I just don't have another pet peeve. Which, um, you see this a lot in basketball more than football, I think. But why... In the year, we're almost in 2022. Why, when there's either like a, uh, you know, there, there's a, a miscue or a mishap, something in the game where they need to reset the clock? Clock operator, will you please reset the game clock, you know, to, to you know, 9.32? Why does it take that fucking guy, <laughs> like, three minutes to reset the game clock sometimes? I don't understand. Like, what goes on? Who, what? Can we get an isolation camera on the fucking clock operator and off of uh, you know Justin Fields and and Nick Saban maybe and just move the camera? Where's the who's the clock operator in these arenas and stadiums that this guy cannot like just click a button to get back to? How many? T- I just I forget what game I was watching. It happened to be a basketball game. They 
messed up the opening tip to the game <laughs> twice, two times in a row. So it was, so it, and it, two seconds came off each time. It was a college basketball game. I forget who I was watching. Doesn't matter. So obviously, twenty went back. To, it went down to nineteen fifty-eight, and we had to put these two seconds back on the clock. And two consecutive times, this in real time, this took about seven minutes. <laughs> clock operator, everyone's like standing around. They go back to the uh, the announcers. They're trying to come up with some kind of. They're trying to fill the the the, the, the dead air. Players are going around. Not, they're just standing around in the court. Clock to, operator, put what the fuck? I to change to change the game clock. It's it's got to be like fire and nuke. You got to have two guys with a key, and you have to turn it at the same time. <laughs> the worst thing about this, you just have to put it back to twenty minutes. They could shut the clock off and turn it back on. Yeah, and probably exactly. to twenty. Yeah, they each have so a this... briefcase, and they have to crack open, uh, you know, an envelope. It's got the code on it. But how? It's even worse in basketball though, too. Like, or even you know, football, but. Because you have to reset the the, uh, the play clock, too. So you have two. <laughs> are there two different guys? Is there a guy for each clock? Or is it, is it the same guy, but he has to do two different buttons? Man. One for the game and job. one for the play clock. I don't know. <laughs> Who has that job? And how do you, like, how do you how do you get that job? What what's, what skill do you need? What's on your resume? Where do you come from? Who do you interview? Who does the hiring for this? <laughs> how do you become a <laughs> clock operator <laughs> at, like, at, at Death Stadium? Who is that guy? How twitchy is your finger? <laughs> Can you do some thumb thumb wrestling? <laughs> there's only other than pressing a stop and start button. There's only one other thing you have to do, and that's if somehow something happens on the field, you the have horn. to reset the game clock to a certain amount of seconds. So, I thought so you, you had to blow think, the horn every once in a while. You would think if you're gonna practice that you would practice that, right? Like, I, all right. There's three I, things you can do: stop, start. And reset to a certain number. I, I love right. when they come back and, <laughs> and, and give you the decimals. Can you please put 1.3 seconds back on the clock? <laughs> Whatever happened in the old days where it just ticked down to zero? It was one and then zero. There was no milliseconds. There was I love the old else. days with everything. It was just solid numbers. The clock, it would just went for, you know, there was, n- yeah, none of this t- tenths of a second bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> The play clock thing is brilliant. I, I mean, what? Well, and again, just like some of these other penalty things, we just accept it. Yeah, you know, with the clock at zero, it. we all are like, well, no, he gets a, you know, a, there's no flag. No, no, he gets a, he gets an undetermined amount of time after it hits zero. <laughs> <laughs> an unde- undefined, undetermined yes. amount of time after the clock hits zero. To it's sort of like. It's like the the end of a fucking soccer game where there's just yeah. where the plus minutes. Yeah. Where as a fan you're just watching it, the clock's going the wrong direction. First of all, the clock's going <laughs> up, right? So yeah. And then as you're sitting there, like, well, where's the? How do you know when? How much overtime yeah. there is? It's for injuries and this and other nonsense. This is another reason why you know it's hard enough to watch the game of soccer. Don't add that kind of stuff well, in there. Well, like you know, what I mean? no, it's exactly up to the official. Right. He has his own. You know, come on. You're exactly right. That. That is one of the biggest reasons, because I remember the like the one year, I don't know, USA was doing something and they were pretty good. And so I'm watching and I'm like, game over. And everyone's like, no, no. Well, how much time? We, we don't know. It's, we don't know. We have no idea. At it's least three minutes. Completely up to the official to decide. Oh, that's not ripe for controversy or anything. No, no. That's, like, what kind of sport is this? And then when you score, and then they have cricket where you have to you have to decide when you stop scoring runs. Is that, <laughs> okay, we're done now. Like, I still I, don't understand when you sub a guy out. You have this guy holding up this gigantic fucking like neon sign with numbers of the the jersey numbers of the guy coming in and out. Like what? Imagine doing that in every sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basketball game, you got guys coming in and out, and there's a fucking guy walking around with his neon sign. Like, what is <laughs> the, best, the best thing about that board? It's sponsored by a, a, a clock manufacturer, a watch manufacturer. Of so they have three minutes are left on the clock. He's got a Timex sign up. He's holding it up. <laughs> I've tried. I really, it's things like that, you know. And then, oh, like, this guy gets a red card, you know, he goes off. I'm like, oh, is the sub good? No, you don't get a sub. <laughs> Well, then, so he still plays. No, you you play one man short for the rest of the game. <laughs> it's like if, if the NHL, if you get a penalty in the first period, no, 
That guy gets now five on four for the rest of the game. For, for life. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine doing that in the NFL? Your yeah. wide receiver gets a flagrant penalty. You only could put 10 guys on the field. Yeah. You just take illegal procedure penalties the rest of the game. No, you I'll tell have you, a light of, man of the line of scrimmage. I'll tell you what I would love to see in American sports is relegation. Yeah. Yes. Now, I only know about relegation because of Ted Lasso. I'm going to be completely out <laughs> Only Matter of fact, I only know a lot of things about soccer because of Ted Lasso. I'll just level with everyone here before this conversation gets too deep. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd want NFL relegation. We'd be right now playing in the worst league you could play in. The CFL? The, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. The NFL D-League sponsored by Sprite or something. So <laughs> Mike, any pet peeves? No. You know what I'm going to do? I am going to use my pet peeve time for something else, if that's all right oh, with, sure. uh, with everybody here. My pet peeve time, or yeah, my pet peeve time I'm going to use this week just to tip the cap to the Michigan Wolverines <laughs> who yes. went out there and talk about rising up, went out there, had a rise up game and beat the Ohio state Buckeyes. And I'm doing it this week because I have a very strong feeling. They're going to lose a big 10 championship game and blow this whole thing. So I wanted to get this out there while, while, uh, while they were still in play uh, that uh, I was thrilled. It was first of all, well, two things about it. First of all, it, oh, I don't know if you guys happen to see the game. What a great football game. Non-manufactured, great game. I mean, just two teams just throwing haymakers at each other. And you just kept waiting for the other one side or the other to kind of walk away. And that Michigan kind of did at the end. That's the first thing. Second of all, I, don't, I have to go back and look at like almanacs and stuff to see if I can find a weekend where Michigan beat Ohio State and the Giants beat the Eagles on the same weekend for, you know, oh my gosh. if you combine, if you're a, a Michigan and a Giants fan and you combine like the last decade of records versus Ohio state and Philly, I mean, that is uh, I, there's, there's no better weekend to beat Ohio state and Philadelphia on a, on a back-to-back Saturday and Sunday. Um, fantastic. I'll tell, tell you what was great also about that game. And I'm just, just, I, I am such a fan of bad weather, cold games, yeah. which it doesn't seem like you get anymore. So later on, uh, was it the Michigan State Penn State game? Yeah, it was up in you know Lansing, right? I was and the snow was coming down. It was cold and gray, and it, you know the, yeah. you could see the breath. The Penn State with their all white uniforms, you can you couldn't even see them on TV <laughs> because they were camouflaged by the snow on the field. It was just awesome. Um, yeah. I just had that conversation with somebody recently, a friend of mine, talking about. Um, just another thing in the NFL that I just, you know, talking about the, just the old days and you don't have to go back that far, but you, you don't get those mud games anymore. The rent, you know, you just don't get them. Right. Cause it, it's turf and everything else. We know, you know, all the, the, you know, the modern day NFL. So just seeing like the snow uh, in, in, in Michigan this past weekend was awesome. Yeah. And you know, the, these, I, I get it, you know, te- maybe players with free agency kind of started players don't want to play in places like that, but like a you know the seventies playing at Minnesota, hell mm. with that. Who wants to go? Do, no one wanted to go do that, you know. Yeah, it's uh and those you're right. Those uh, they're all domed up except for Green Bay. Every now and then you get one at Green Bay, <laughs> but even Green Bay you can't get the old frozen tundra because they have fucking co- they, they have yeah. heating yeah. coils underneath the the, the the turf there. Yeah, yeah. So so my boss stormed the field at Michigan this week. So he was sending oh, pictures really? of him on the field, selfies with him. It was, uh, that was pretty enjoyable. And I did get a kick because, you know, game day was there and there was a sign in the background and uh, it said, I don't speak to o- Ohio State grads, but when I do, I order large fries. <laughs> <laughs> I was just happy to see Ohio State lose. I love watching them lose, too. Doesn't happen that often. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Not especially not to Michigan. So, no, I'm not lately. Little, uh, I, that- I. I heard I've, I have a friend who's lives in Columbus and is a Michigan fan. So if you can imagine that. Ooh. And um, so she was at the game. She got tickets and went to the game in Michigan. And then when she got back home to Columbus, all her friends who are Columbus fans called her and said, you want to buy these big 10 championship game tickets? I don't, <laughs> I don't want them. <laughs> so she's got herself some sweet tickets for the, for the big 10 championship game now for 
for mm-hmm. living in Columbus. Those tickets are, you can probably go pick one up off the street out there. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that dovetails nicely into my pet peeve. My pet peeve, and this had to do with watching that Alabama-Auburn game, which was college football this week. I didn't realize they changed the college overtime rules. So earlier this year, when I saw there was a nine overtime game, I'm like, oh, that's pretty damn impressive. I didn't realize that after the first two times you you possess the ball, you're just trying the two point conversion over and over again. Yeah. This is like this is like deciding a basketball game on free throws if the game's tied. Oh, all right. You gotta you gotta you know shoot free throws until uh yeah. next guy misses. I what whatever happened to just I why is a tie so bad? I don't know. I, I, I go ahead, Chris. No, I was just gonna say I it, it we know why. I mean, obviously, they talked about it during the end of that game, Scott. And it's like, oh, you know, the these players have been on the field, you know, these number of plays and risk of injury and all that stuff. I, you know what? I, the game just you're right, Scott. I, I was thinking the same thing. All of a sudden, uh, after after the two possessions, they're they're you know going for the two point conversions and. Why? Why can't you just keep going from the 25 yard line? Someone is going to the game's going to it's going to end. I don't I don't know. I'm I'm kind of against ties, really, I, I think, in football. Uh, it just eventually someone's going to make a play. These games are not going to go uh, on forever. Uh, just yeah. decide them on the feet, you know, decide them. That's an excellent analogy, Scott. Just, you know, imagine a basketball game ending with free throws after playing, you know, uh, a 48 minute game or 40 minute game. It's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and you know we talk about hockey too. It's kind of the same, same deal. But at least in hockey, um, they they won't do that in the playoffs, which I that's what I like about the side of the hockey rule. I I don't know about bowl games, and um, you know I don't I don't know if the national championship game it's gonna could be decided <laughs> by a two point conversion contest. I have no idea. I kind of hope not. But uh, yeah, I I I kind of am on the fence. I don't mind a game. I don't think if two teams just slug it out brutally for what amounts to five quarters, you know what? In my mind, those teams tied, man. There's, they're, they tied today. I, it doesn't bother me that much. I, I don't want my team involved in very many ties, but, but I don't, you know, I don't mind two teams just fighting to a stalemate. Um, you know, there's, I, I get it messes up the standings for some teams, but. Well, I just feel like we cater to the ADD crowd more and yeah. more. Like even baseball. I mean, what is wrong with baseball playing extra inning games until someone wins? It's not really mm-hmm. a matter of player safety. I mean, is some fat load going to get hurt in the playing third base in the 14th inning of a game? Has anyone ever had a major injury in like the 13th inning of a game? I don't know. You know it doesn't I, matter. They could. But I mean, you put or, a guy on second base. I, I I feel like why don't we just have ghost runners? Hey, I'm a ghost runner. I used to do that wiffle ball all the time. Ghosty, ghost runners. They've done that with all these leagues, right? They the the onside kicks. You can't pile, uh, you know, on one side of the the, the field anymore. The, the the kickoff altogether. How many how many kicks are really returned? Where so we've we've never been presented. The, the injury rate on kickoffs in the NFL versus just regular plays. I don't know. There seems to be a lot of guys on the, uh, the, you know, injured reserve with torn ACLs and everything else. That's, is there yeah. any more on, on kickoff returns? Oh, yeah. Has yeah. anyone ever seen these statistics or these numbers? I've never seen them. Yeah. I don't know. You know, coaches just be smart. Kick the ball off like normal. Just don't put starters out there. <laughs> okay. No cares. Yeah. Let these guys chew each other up. It's fine. Put Rudy out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get out there or Seahorn, you know, whoever Yeah, in the preseason, in preseason yeah. yeah, in a meaningless game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, um, yeah, I, that's it for the pet peeves. Although I do want to mention sort of like Mike had a mention. I just want to talk a little bit about Cam Newton. So, you know, the, his, the shine worn off of a guy who was back. And now two games in, he's benched in the fourth quarter of a game where he went five for 21 with uh, two interceptions. I'm uh, back. <laughs> what an I saw a great meme. It's the simplest of memes. It's what I could have made, but it was a picture of Cam, you know, like he used to be on the bench with a towel on his head. Uh-huh. And it says, and it's got a stat line under there, five and 21. And it says, I'm back across the top. <laughs> This is this is just 
a perpetuation of a pet peeve we've had, though. Why anoint players after they have one good game when three weeks later they're they're in Cam's in Cam's situation two weeks later they're at the bottom of the barrel again. The guy's being benched in the fourth quarter of a game two weeks after he declares I'm back in a high pitched squealy voice. I, I why why does the media buy into that? Why doesn't the media go? You're not back. You made two two plays. I don't know. I think it's just for, again, it's, it's for theater, right? It's for ratings. It's for drama. It's for, it's for all of that. It's more for there. It's it's to drive people to listen and watch this shit. That's what it is. Cause I guess the, the average fan is not smart enough or intelligent enough to just take the fucking eye test and say, you know, no, this guy, he's not, he's not anything. This, we know he's not, you know, he's, you know, when he's, came, he's not a winner. He had his one chance, Super Bowl 50. He had that one great year, you know, propelled that team to 15-1, the whole thing, you know, and and made a business decision to not fall on a fumble that, you know, and so I, that came up actually in um, not that play, but uh, shit, what play was it? I think it doesn't matter. But I, I don't know if it was this last week or the week before where, you know, the announcer, uh, there was a loose ball and, and uh, no, I'm sorry what it was. Cam came around on a quarterback keeper and there's three defenders just waiting to tackle the guy. And he just, he just slid down and the announcer's like, Oh, that's a business decision uh, made by Cam there. You know, why take on a hit when you don't have to, you had nowhere to go. And I'm thinking like, there it is. You, you bastard with the the, the business decision. Right. Cause that's it. You just yeah. said everything that's wrong with Cam Newton. I didn't it. even realize he said it. So in, mm-hmm. in, in a game where he had a uh, quarterback rating of 5.8, did, yeah. did did he not pull the Superman out? Uh, he still managed to Scott. He still did. And out. He did. He still did. Yeah. He, did. he scored a, a, a again. A he, scored a one, he scored a one yard touchdown, I believe, or two, whatever it was. And he he ripped. You know, he pulled out the Superman, gave the ball away, the whole thing. Um, that was before he went on to throw. You know, fifteen more incompletions, interceptions, and was benched for PJ Walker. Yeah. I'm gonna go back a ways here. He's a late. The late player, late Fred Lane, ah. once did the the dolphin in the end zone after scoring when the team was down twenty three points. So, <laughs> the dolphin is that like the is that the worm? What is I what think it, was, it was like the worm. Yeah, he was on the ground doing the floppy. Oh, I I do kind of remember that. I think. Yeah. And then he went. Then he went home, opened the door, and his wife shot him in the chest. So that's right. <laughs> I don't think those two things were related. <laughs> Go kind of I'd like were. to think they were. That would be karma. <laughs> She's on the stand. Your Honor, did you see him doing the worm down by 46? <laughs> I said right there, I'm going to shoot the bastard when he walks in that door. <laughs> that was not too soon. That happened like 25 years ago. <laughs> in the neighborhood that I lived in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I Run. lived in that neighborhood, yeah. No, not Cedar Run. It was in Matthews. No, Willamere. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Cardo drove him to uh, to yeah. do the, the dolphin and the wife to shoot him. <laughs> so, Kip, I don't know what the exact number is. I was trying to look at it here while you guys were talking, but um, Cam Newton has lost something along the lines of 12 consecutive starts for Carolina uh, going back to, you know, when he was here before. I, I believe he ended his career 0 for 10, and now he's 0 for 2. Um, mm-hmm. So that's – so he is back. This is just a continuation of what was happening, you know, uh, and, you know, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I don't know for sure. You know, this is kind of maybe uh, could be debated, but I think if Superman played football, he'd be a little bit better than Cam Newton. <laughs> going to leave it. What's going to, if you were Superman, would you take off to just fly over the defense and score every time? Yeah. I mean, well, first, first thing I'm doing if I'm Superman is writing a cease and desist to Cam Newton <laughs> for dragging my good name remember, through the mud. Remember the, when Christopher Reeve was the best Superman of all time, in my opinion? Like when Lex Luthor put the fucking uh, kryptonite chain around his neck and yeah. and the, that take Superman would play better with that kryptonite <laughs> yes. around hanging around his neck than Cam Newton right now. Yes, make him wear a kryptonite helmet just to keep right. the game fair, and I think he would still dominate. He would still dominate over, over Cam. I'm back. 
<laughs> I don't. <laughs> you guys got uh, anything else today? Do we have any questions? No, we don't. No questions. No, no rhetorical or otherwise. No, but uh, no, but yeah, no. Everyone was uh, having turkey, man. Thanksgiving trip to family. We, yeah, we were just talking before we got on, man. That this is kind of the just now recovering from the from the Thanksgiving thing. You know, just. Oh. Just By the now. way, uh, we, we didn't have a, a, a Justin Fields watch, but Andy Dalton led the Bears to a victory on Thanksgiving. So, I was thinking uh, about that. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that. Who I uh, haven't read anything this week. Uh, is is Fields still hurt? What's going on with this situation there? I, I, I don't know. But I do know that since we signed Jake Fromm, Fromm was – he was the, uh, the quarterback at Georgia that Kirby Smart kept over Justin Fields. Huh. Which then led to him going to Ohio State and uh, becoming another of Ohio State's most uh, uh, overrated quarterbacks. Yeah. Just, just churn him out of there. Just churn him out, man. Justin Fields. I'm trying He's to try to look now before He's we go off the air to see. So I wonder. I wonder if now at this point, so Andy Dalton goes out, gets a win that the, all of America sees, right? And by the way, is that the worst game? Buck and Troy have ever had to do it. Oh. They, they, oh. they were, and I'm not even talking about. I'm not even talking about them. I feel sorry for them in this case. At least most weeks they're getting to watch a pretty good game. But um, so okay, yeah. Uh, Fields goes out. Dalton comes in, wins a game in front of everybody. Now let's say Fields is good to go. They're getting ready to play the Arizona Cardinals. Um, are the fans still like burning down the gates to Soldier Field for the? <laughs> For Nagy to play Fields, it could. I don't. I man, it's possible. I don't. Just to I keep the drama it. going, yeah. And I'll be curious. So it is right this week. It is the Cardinals at the it at is. the Bears. Yeah. Boy, I hope I can watch that somewhere because I'd like to. I can't wait for the comparisons between Kyler Murray and Justin Fields because <laughs> they will be there. Oh yeah. Well, we didn't have any questions this week, but if you want to send in questions, hit us up on Twitter at angry underscore three. Uh, Greg, give us some rhetorical questions. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll take we'll take a champ eight parter question if he decides mm-hmm. to ever reengage us again. But uh, yeah, this has been your host Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone, and uh, we'll be back next week to. Well, see, first off, if Daniel Jones plays, and then second off, can we beat the Dolphins in a game we should win? So, you guys think. Oh, so we're still on? <laughs> I was going to say, give your goodbyes. I, oh. I, I, I couldn't <laughs> just end it, couldn't I? <laughs> you left us hanging there. Go, Big Blue. Go. <laughs> Bye, everybody.